theyeshiva.net. Okay, please open up your source sheets on theyeshiva.net. On the video page, you'll see on the top banner, there is a live Hasidus Friday. You can open it up. You can ask a question over there. And you can open up the PDF or the source sheets. You can also ask your questions on Zoom chat. Let us continue inside. If you have the Mimer open, we're in the middle of the Mimer. Vayishlach Yehoshua. The Haftarah of this week. The Haftarah is going to be read. Be'ezer Hashem tomorrow. In Jewish communities the world over. I guess wherever they have a minion. In Lekut Torah Shlach, it's page 102. We're in the middle of the second paragraph. Second column, we're up to the second column. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven lines from the top. The line starts Kulam. So it's Lakuta Torah Shlach, page 102, the second column. The line starts Kulam. At the end of the line, after the word Yeratzev, Veshoiv Chuli, there's a period. We're holding by the word Vihine. So the Balatanya said that. Nakdishach, the word Nakdishach, which we say every day, is a very wondrous idea because Hashem Himself is sanctified. He is Kaddish or Makudish, and yet we say Nakdishach that we will be a Makadish. We will, so to speak, make Him holy. And we say it three times Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. The Balatanya explained that Torah was given through three mediums. There is the, there's the Torah of Machshava, Dibur a thought, word, and action. And one could make a mistake and think that the godliness that's revealed through Maisa, through physical action, is not identical with the godliness that is revealed through thought and, and th- through uh, words and even more thoughts. Because thoughts are much more internal and they're much more transcendent. They can be much more spiritual. Where action of mitzvahs is sometimes relegated to something that's doimim, that's, that's lifeless. And therefore there's much less inspiration there, much less vitality there, much, much less spiritual revelation. How could you compare to the inner meditative, transcendental spiritual experience to an action, let's say, with a coin of copper, as he says, or a coin of silver, but he says it's a mistake because true infinity is as removed from spirituality as it is from physicality. <laughs> the real ain't safe is, is just as it's, you can't say that it's ruchini just like you can't say it's a gashmi. In other words, calling it spiritual is as um, inauthentic and false as calling it physical. Spirituality is awesome, but it's also, it's, it's a definition of reality. It's the way reality is expressed through certain descriptions and definitions. There's a vocabulary for it. The real hakadosh bashamayim abaretz, fashem, Shamayim and Eretz, heaven and earth, are identical because he transcends both infinitely and therefore could be one in both in the same way, can be found in both in the same way because he's really HaKadosh Bashamayim Abaretz. And that's why we say HaShavo Mash V'Katan V'Gadol. The Katan and the Gadol become equal. Even though there's life in everything, so he just explained that the life, the life was his Ratzay and Shoiv, 
tension and resolution, as explained yesterday at length. I want to say on yesterday's shear, I see there's around 20, uh, 20, 22 or 23 comments, some very, very beautiful comments that people made, giving their, explaining their insights and sharing some of their experiences and questions. Very beautiful, uh, very interesting comments on yesterday's class. You may want to review it, review them on the yeshiva.net. Let's now see further. the chiyos, the life from Hashem's Kedusha, this Kedusha that we're describing, or we're trying not to describe, this Kedusha which is the, as he says, the Ein Soif HaMiti, the real Ein Soif, where kula kamei and ein hefresh ben alyonim l'tachtoinim, because everything is kaiyin nagdoin, and ein aroich, everything we discussed earlier of Hakadosh. This, the energy of this kedusha is communicated through the Jewish people. This is the raison d'etre, the role of the Jewish people in the world, and for this he brings the famous pasuk in Divrei Hayamim, Chronicles one, chapter seventeen, Divrei Hayamim Aleph Perik Zion. And it's a very famous pasuk because we say it Shabbos afternoon in the davening of Mincha. Ata echad v'shimcha echad u'micha amcha Yisrael u'micha amcha Yisrael goy echad ba'aretz. So it's a very nice rhyme. Ata echad v'shimcha echad u'micha amcha Yisrael. Right, you remember the niggin of Shabbos Mincha? It's like the sad sing-song, a little melancholy tone as Shabbos is leaving. It's interesting, the different uh, nigunim, the songs that are associated with different davenings. But that's, that's. Uh, I never realized it. I always knew the Nusach, because where I, where I grew up, the Chazan always davened Shabbos Mincha, that Nusach. And then a number of years ago, of, uh, a Jew in Pittsburgh he had a an uncle who was a, a, a Talmud by the Chafetz Chaim and in Slabotka, a Lithuanian Jew, a Balkishan, he had a good mind. Then he left Yiddishkeit, like so many young, but he wrote up all his memoirs. His name was Chaim Zaks. He moved to South Africa. And his nephew gave me his memoirs in Yiddish, Zaftike memoirs. He was writing about his childhood in Lithuania, about the Chafetz Chaim and Slabotka. I think he went to Valosh and he went to other yeshivas. I think he was thrown out from, from everywhere. So in any case, so he writes there as a kid, he describes Shabbos afternoon, the Chazan, and he says, the Nusach, the melancholy song of Jews being uh, anxious that Shabbos is about to leave. But here in the Maimer, the Balatanya is describing the meaning of the words. You're one. Your name is one. That he discussed in many Maimonim, what's the difference between you and your name? 
Ata is the etzem, the essence, Shimcha is the oir, the name, the light. But the way we look at it is, it's not really connected. You're one. Your name is one. And the Jewish people are goy echad baruch. They're one nation on earth. Which means, of course, we're one nation. We're not 20 nations. First of all, it means we're one nation. We're not 20 nations. That itself is an important idea. But more importantly, goy echad means it's like one special nation on earth. Like echad means one. Echad also means unique. It's a goy meyuchad. It's a special nation. It's one nation on earth. Cohesive, integrated with its unique story and mission. So what's the connection to Ata Echad V'Shim Echad? The connection is, you could say, he's one, and we're also one in that sense that we're unique. And it's because Hashem is one. Here the Balatanya says, no, these, these, this Pasuk that we say, Shabbos Mincha, captures the essence of the Jewish story. Umicha Amcha Yisrael Gayechad Baritz is not just saying, who is like your nation Israel, which is a unique nation on earth. It's describing what makes it unique. The Goy Echad Ba'aretz is actually answering the Micham Chisro. Usually you learn Micham Chisro, Goy Echad Ba'aretz. And then you have to figure out what's unique about this nation. He says, no, the Goy Echad Ba'aretz explains it. What's Goy Echad Ba'aretz? He says, Sha'afilu Ba'aretz Mamshichim Chines Echad. Goy Echad Ba'aretz, this is the nation that even in the reality of Eretz, the reality of Eretz means the physical earth, the world, the cosmos, the planet, the whole world, a whole universe, but specifically Eretz, our land, even in Eretz, which means in the physical environment of our land, they reveal the Echad, even in a world where we say, and the energy of God is completely concealed. Nonetheless, this Goy, this nation comes into the Eretz, a land, a world which by definition is intrinsically fragmented, egotistical or insecure, where we see divisiveness everywhere, where we see fragmentation. We are splintered, we're scattered, frazzled, both as a society, as human civilization, and internally we're frazzled, internally we're scattered between anxiety and serenity, between so many different types of drives and passions and moods and experiences and yearnings and so forth. And this is the Goy, the nation that Echad Ba'aretz, they reveal the Achdus in the Eretz. The Echad, the true Achdus of Ein Soif, the true oneness of infinity, which transcends spirituality as much as it transcends physicality, can therefore become one with spirituality as much as it could become one with physicality. This Kedusha that we describe, the Kaddish B'Shamayim of Aretz, this is what the Jew and the Jewish people embody and manifest in the world. And that's the three times Kaddish. The three times Kaddish is, Nakdishach doesn't mean to make Hashem himself holy. They said Hashem is holy. Nakdishach is to be able to live with this Kedusha. To sanctify you here on the earth, like Take the Nusach Ashkenaz says, right? Nekadish is Shimcha Ba'olam, Kishem Shemakdishim Oisim Bishmei Marim, that Goy Echad Ba'oritz, that the Echad will be revealed in the Eretz. He says that's the three times Kaddish. Why? Because we operate on three levels thought, speech, action, to draw down this Kedusha on all three levels in Machshava, in Dibur and Maisa. And these parallel, generally, three layers of the soul, nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is associated with maisa. Ruach is associated with dibur. And neshama is associated with machshava. 
the Pasuk says, uh, uh, Pasuk says, there's, there's, sorry, the Medrash says, that that the soul has five names, the three, Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, the three lower ones, lower, I mean, they're pretty high, but the three first ones, are Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, so Baal says, Nefesh is associated with action, Maisa, Ruach is associated with speech, and Nesham is associated with Machshava. So the avoid of the Jewish people, Goyachad Baritz, is to bring this Kedusha, the absolute undefined oneness and infinity, into the three dimensions of the person's soul. And that's the Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. That my thoughts, my words, and also my actions, my actions in the phys- with the physical body, in the physical body, and the physical environment in which I live, should have and be infused and become one and a manifestation of this absolute, undefined, unifying infinity, which is the truth of the Ein Saif. Tahainu, al yidei eisekatero mitzvahs, begimu b'chines, how does the person do this? So the Balatanya says, through the involvement, the immersing in Torah mitzvahs, which again are manifested on three levels. We learned there's the Torah of Machshava, there's the Torah of Dibur, there's the Torah of Maisa. There's doing the mitzvah and maise. There's those elements that we do with our speech, whether it's davening, whether it's learning, like we're doing right now. There's obviously the mitzvahs connected with machshava, like davening and learning and other mitzvahs, like avas Hashem. Through each of these three dimensions of Torah and mitzvahs, this soul, the Jew, brings and creates the Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. The interesting thing is that we say Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish three times in an equal fashion. Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. Remember why, right? The Balatanya said earlier, we learned in yesterday's class, that the Kedusha that comes out through Maisa is the same that comes through Dibra Machshavas. The Zelbe Kaddish, 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 it's not different. Don't think Kaddish, 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 Kaddish only applies to your serene, tranquil, heavenly, transcendent moments. The same Kedusha can be infused and lift up and sublimate and permeate every aspect of a person's life. There's no moment and there's no experience that's outside of Kaddish. You can't say, oh, this is too physical. This is too monotonous. This is a boring moment. This is just irrelevant. Let's get it over with. If it's part of a person's life, the fact that it's very physical and concrete doesn't make it any more remote from infinity. It doesn't work that way. Because if you're talking about real infinity, the deepest spiritual experience is as remote from infinity. And if, the, and if you bring in the divine meaning into it, and the divine purpose into it, then the physical can be as holy and sacred as the spiritual. So through the mitzvahs on the three levels, machshava, dibur, emaisa, and all of our day is divided and comprised by these three components, one creates the kaddish, 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 and he says these are the garments of the soul. We come now back to the garments of the soul, which we discussed in the first class. That the soul should be able to enjoy the radiance of the divine presence. Presence. What do we mean? She should be able to enjoy the radiance of the divine presence. 
we often think Lahanes Mizivashchina means I enjoy Kugel, and the Neshama enjoys Lahanes Mizivashchina. So the Baldatanya says, Lahanes Mizivashchina to enjoy the glory of the Shchina doesn't mean another Taiva. This guy, this guy enjoys sushi. This guy enjoys a drink. This guy enjoys babka. This guy enjoys blintzes. This one enjoys zivashchina lahavda. He says the pshat is to be able to be absorbed, to be able to become nichla, to be able to become part of the klal, part of the oneness of echot, to be able to be subsumed. Yeah, somehow we like the word subsumed. To be able to be subsumed in echot, in 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 the achdos. This is what the Zoyer meant. He said earlier in the Maimer that every mitzvah, every single day, creates a levush for the soul. And he asked, what does the soul need garments? I know the body needs garments because it gets cold, or it gets hot, or because of busha, because of modesty, or garments sometimes glorify the person. What's the concept that the soul needs garments? And the answer is, he says, When the soul is naked, it's beer, without a garment, she can't be absorbed in the echad, in the oneness of Hashem, because ultimately the soul is a nivra, it's created. And the definition of every nivra, of every created being is, it's hoiva, it is, but v'nifsed. V'nifsed means it deteriorates. And therefore, it's very remote from the element, the element of echad. That's why the soul needs garments. What is the Balatanya saying? The experience of pure oneness, what he calls the experience of Achdus Hashem, is not something that the soul can achieve on its own when it's so to speak aruma, when it's so to speak naked without worship. Why? Even though we say the neshama is a chelik elekamimal and so forth, it means that the source of the neshama is elekos's godliness. But the neshama evolves into becoming a nivra, into being, into being a being, an existence. We say in the morning, every morning, elekai neshama shenasata bi tahirihi ata varasa ata yitzarta ata nafachta bivata mashamra bekerbi. The soul you have given me is pure. You created it, you formed it, you blew it into me, etc. The order is a little strange, right? It should have said, Neshama Shanasatabi, the soul that you gave me, Atabarasa, you created it. You formed it, you blew it into me, and it's pure. He says that it's pure even before he discusses that you created it. But how could something be pure if it wasn't created yet? First say, Neshama Shanasatabi, Atabarasa, you created it. And then you'll tell me that it's Tahira. The order is a little straight. I mean, you could say, he says, the soul is pure. What makes it pure that you created it? Hashem created everything. So the pshat is, the Balatanya says, that it's actually talking about different layers of the soul. Neshama shenasatabi tahirihi is before barasa. The soul originates higher than the Bria. We say the soul is a chelik elikami ma'amamash. It would be like a child. 
the source of a child is from the body, from the, the source of an embryo of a fetus, comes from the father and mother themselves. Even the source of the egg and the source of the sperm comes from the mechanism within the body itself, but over there it's indistinguishable from the father and the mother. And then there's the process of intimacy and the process of conception, fertilization, which develops ultimately into an embryo, which develops into a fetus, which then emerges from mommy and becomes an independent baby somewhat, and then an independent adult somewhat, or at least your hope. This is a very good metaphor. It's a metaphor in the Tanya for the Neshama. The Neshama starts off, Neshama Shonasata Bitahirihi. The soul is pure. What does it mean it's pure? It's higher than Bria, before Barasa. It's Chelek Eleka Mimal Mamash. It's so to speak, like a child, like a son or a daughter, which are indistinguishable from the parent, they are at some point completely one with the parent. But it doesn't remain that way. Atta barasa. The neshama, so to speak, evolves and transforms into a bria, into a nivra. And then there's barasa, yatsarta, nafachta, and then va'ata mashamra bekebe, you need the shmir. These are the stages of the soul's descent. The Balatanya says, Tahira represents the source of the soul. Tahira in Aramaic means light. Tahiru is light. It's all light, divine light. And then Atta Barasa is one stage. Because in the first stage, you can't say Atta Barasa. You didn't create it. It's part of you. It's a chenlek eleikami mal. You can't say Atta Barasa. That's who you are. But then this soul goes through this process. At its core, it remains but it goes through this process of becoming a nivra. Ata Baras is the world of Bria, Ata Yitzhak is the world of Yitzira, Ata Nafachtabi is the world of Asiya. So therefore, the Neshama on its own, he says, can't be nichlal be'echad. It can't be subsumed in echad. Why? Because, by definition, a nivra, which is a nivra, every created being, the rule of thumb is that everything that's created exists, but v'nifsed, on its own, it deteriorates. That's the process, called the entropy principle. On its own, it's v'nifsed, it deteriorates. That's how it is. The Barbeinu Bechaya writes, Death begins at the moment of birth. Because one's energy ultimately is limited, and therefore your hayve nifsit. So every single nivra on its own can't become completely subsumed in the echad. Because by definition, it has a separateness to it, it has an independence to it, and it's not echad, it's not boire, it's nivra. Even the neshama is a chelik alikamal, but it's a nivra. What allows the soul to be able to become one with echad? This is what we speak about the garments of the soul. The garments of the soul, when the soul dresses itself up, when the soul encloses itself, as he puts it in Torah and Mitzvahs, Machshavah's Torah Mitzvahs, the Machshavah Dibra Maisa, the Kaddish, 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 they dress up and they encompass the soul from head to toe because they encompass all aspects of the human life, thought, speech, and action. And they come from Echad. Torah and Mitzvahs come from Echad. They're not Nivra, they're Boire. So this allows the Neshama to be able to become absorbed in Echad. These are the garments that we speak about, that the soul is encompassed by these Levushim created from Torah and Mitzvahs. Torah and Mitzvahs are Hashem's inner will and wisdom. As the Torah says, the Neshama, as a result of its descent through the world till this world, becomes a Nivra. From Boire, it becomes a Nivra. 
but the levushim, the garments, come, as he says, here you have the achtos itself, so therefore, when the person dresses himself or herself up in these levushim, and these garments of Torah and Mitzvahs, the soul also becomes subsumed in Echad, Lehonis, Mizivat Shechina. It could be able to become completely one with all oneness, with absolute infinity. That's the Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. This is the meaning of the Pasuk, the famous words of Avi Gail to David Amelech when she meets him and she. Uh, pleads with him to spear her husband. And what does she say about David then? She says, may the soul of my master be bound up, tied up in the bond of life with God. And in fact, in many matzevis, this pasuk is quoted on the bottom, right? You'll see at the bottom of many tombstones, what is that? It comes from this pasuk. This Pasuk in Shmuel, Aleph, Chafhei, Samuel 1, chapter 25. The soul of my master should be Tzurura. What does Tzurura mean? Bound up in the bond of life with God. So he says, Dahainu, what's the meaning? In other words, why does David Gael describe Dveikus with Hashem, intimacy with Hashem, in the words Tzurura Chayim? So he says, Dahainu, Adam Tzurur Kaspoi Becheret, now we'll understand why the Pasuk uses this interesting term, We have another Pasuk in Malachim, Kings 2, chapter 5. Basically, Tzroir Kesef would be a pound of money, a pound where they put in money, a bag where you put in money and then you tied it. You binded it with a string or whatever you use, threads, in order to make sure that it is preserved and protected. And people had what was called a sudar, a, 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 a certain pocket, a wallet, a pounce, where they put in this money and they tied it. So he says, just like a person ties up his money in such a in such fabric or material where the money is kept, so he says, in the same way, in the same way, the neshama has to, so to speak, dressed up like the money. The neshama is like the money, and it has to be surrounded in a lavush, in a proper garment, which is tzorur, it becomes tied up and connected to that garment, which is the teyda and the mitzvahs, which come from one. And through that, the person can be tzorur, tzorura, b'tzorura, chayim, Hashem. So that's the meticulous phraseology in this posik. It's not just using a word, you should be bound up at Tzorur HaChayim. The term of Tzorur HaChayim is the same term that Tanakh uses for the way we put our money in certain levushim. Today we use a wallet, then they used uh, other similar things, and they would tie it together, and that's how the money can be preserved in with the person and not get lost or stolen. So the neshama also needs this lavush of Torah mitzvahs to be able to become echad. So the soul on its own is very spiritual and very transcendental. It comes from achelik elekamimah, but ultimately the soul itself is nivra. And in order for the soul to be able to become one with boire, which transcends nivra, this is where the lavushim of Torah mitzvahs come in, in machshava, dibur, maisa, each one captures the kadosh, 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 
in an equal fashion as explained. That's why the Zoya says, Avram, Zak, and Baba Yamim. Every day he came with all of the Levushim. Afterwards, there's a bracket, till the end of the, this chapter, there's a bracket, which is a footnote from the Tzamech Tzedek, where he gives references to the places where this concept of Tzor HaChayim is discussed in Gemara, and in Medrash, and in Zoyar, as the Tzamech Tzedek usually does in these Maimarim of Lakut Torah, and then he continues with Perek Beis. Let me see if there's questions. Okay, Alex. According to the entropy theory, it means that the neshama can and will expire since it's a creation. Isn't this a contradiction to the thought that the neshama is eternal? Yeah, it's a good question you're asking. I was wondering myself. He says, Every nivra is hoiva and nifsa deteriorates. And apparently, even the neshama, it's a chelik alikamimal, even if it becomes a bria, we know that the neshama is still a lakus. And it's, it's eternal. There's a famous expression from the Eimek HaMelech. Eimek HaMelech is a very uh, fundamental Kabbalistic work. Comes from one of the students of the students of the Arizal, Reb Naftali Hirtz. And he writes, Eimek HaMelech, he writes in the beginning, that the soul is a chelik eleka, and it's nitzchi, it's eternal, because neshamas heim roishem oir atzmusay. The soul is the impact, the residue of the light of his essence. And the work of his hands, his energy, is eternal forever, and it cannot be nullified. That's what the Eimek HaMelech says. So how does... How does the Balatanya say here that it's an union of hoiva, hoiva, hoiva and nifsit? It could be, it could be that what he means is, he doesn't say on the neshama that it's hoiva and nifsit. He says, he doesn't say, nivra, since she's a nivra, right? Hoiva and nifsit. He could have just said that. She's a nivra. He doesn't say that. He says, And then he adds, <laughs> In other words, what I think may be, I'm not sure about this, but it may be, the neshama is a nivra. Generally, the principle by a regular nivra, a regular created being, is that it's hoiva v'nifsit. On its own, there's hoiva and it's nifsit. That's the general principle by a nivra. And because the neshama is a chelik alakamimah, and it assumes the identity of a nivra, so therefore, because of that, it is obstructed from experiencing the ultimate echad, which is the boyre. Could be that's what, that's what he means. Not that the neshama itself is nifsit, but since the neshama becomes a nivra, so therefore in the tzura of a nivra, and usually a nivra is hive of a nifsit, in that surah, it can't completely become one with ultimate truth because the surah of the nivra is hayvah v'nivsa. And that's where Torah mitzvahs come in because Torah mitzvahs allows the neshama the experience of echad. Another question. I did not fully get the answer of the Balatanya if the question was how could he give chiyus if he's moved off from everything, which I did not really understand the question, because if he's separate from everything, he can do anything, and therefore he could give chiyus. Perhaps this is my lack of understanding. How does Ratzin and Shuv answer this question? 
if there's a point of interaction, then how at the same time could he be moved on? Well, there is the chiyus, that's the whole point of Ratzim Meshuv. Ratzim Meshuv means that even though the chiyus is invested and manifested in the world, it's also in a state of Ratzoi, which is the yearning to be absorbed in the essence which transcends the universe. But then there would be no existence, so therefore the Chiyus comes back, that's Shaiv, and then it goes back to Ratzoi, that's the flux of Ratzoi V'Shaiv. And the Kedusha, the Kedusha of the Ein Saif is communicated through the Jewish people, through their Machshava, through their Dibu, through their Maisa, through the Levushim of Torah Mitzvah. Siv Beis, the Ha'od of Amshachazu. This light, this Ha'or, this light of Amshachazu, and this communication, Hipchinis Reach. This is what we call Reach, which literally means smell. Kamashakasu, Veherichoi, Beiris Hashem. It says by Mashiach in Yeshaya chapter 11. He's going to be able to smell, to sniff out the Yiris Hashem. So we see that it's something, Yiris Hashem, the awe of Hashem is something, so to speak, you could smell. So when Yiris Shamayim is extended over a person's life, it would be like a smell, an odor that permeates you, that takes you over. You know, you say, this person smells in a certain way, you give off a certain, a certain aroma. There's a certain reyach. Mekena shmekta. Vuhulamoshul kamoi shareyach ene atzmius hadavon. Elo haadavam shachim emenu. Kach haadazumis pashetis meirin seif barachu. Just like the smell of something, it's not the core of the thing. It's rather a haare from it. You see, this thing gives off a smell, and the smell travels. Yeah. You may be affected by the smell. This reyach is not the etzem of the thing. The reyach is a hispachus. It extends from it. So he says, The etzem itself of ein soif can't be expressed in the person, but a ha'ara, like the reyach, the smell of it, which is an extended, this could be communicated to the person. That's the difference of reyach and food. Food... The Gemara says that reyach is neshama nenis memenu v'loi haguf v'mesech tebrachas. Yeah. Food goes into your body, the food itself, the substance goes into the body and it's converted into the bloodstream through the digestive system. But reyach is not the essence, the substance itself of the thing that gives off the smell. It's a hispashtus. So whenever you're talking about something that's infinite, when it's revealed, it's called a smell. It's called a reyach. That's why the Pasuk says about Mashiach, He will smell the Yeris Hashem. It's called a smell. Because smell represents, you don't have the essence itself, but the essence exudes the reyach. The Gemara says about Mashiach, He will smell and judge. This midah, the reyach, is connected to what we call erech apayim. Or in Zayar it's called erech arich ampin. Literally it means a long face. We have in Kabbalah two famous terms, ze'er ampin and arich ampin. Ze'er ampin means a small face, arich ampin means a long face. You have za, zayin aleph is ze'er ampin, and aleph aleph is arich ampin. 
the small face is the expression that's used for the midas of Hashem. Chesed, Guru, Teferis, Netzach, Chayi, because they contain a restricted measure of light and energy. So it's called Ze'e Rampin, which means the small face. Arichanpin represents not the midas of what we call the world of Atzillus, where the energy is restricted, but the midas which represents Ein Soif itself, and therefore it's called Arich Anpin, which is like the Ariches Ha'oyr. The Oyr, the light, is extended in a very long and elaborate and less restricted and filtered way. That's called Arich Anpin. So he says, this Reach is connected to Arich Anpin. Like the Pasuk says, so Pasuk in Yeshaya, Perik Memches, he says, Arich Api Utfilosi Echtemloch. Arich Api means I will, uh, I'll be Erech Apayim. I will uh, minimize my wrath or my ire, I will be very patient and accepting. So he says, Arich Api, my patience, I will be extremely tolerant. Like we say, Erech Apayim, Erech Apayim means slow to anger. Slow to anger means I want to be understanding and accepting. And then, your Tfila will go into my Chaitem, will go into, so to speak, to my nose, Afen Chaitem. What is the idea? This behavior of marich af, of, of erech apayim, comes from what we call reich, comes from a very, very deep source, which we associate with smell. In Zoyar, Parshas Nasa called the Idra, the Idra of Nasa, Lebala choytem animispalel, Lebala choytem animischanem. The Zoyar says, that when Reb Hamnuna, the old Reb Hamnuna, used to daven, he would get up and he would say, I'm davening to the master of the nose. And to the master of the nose, I am pleading. Very f- weird expression. That's what the Zoya says in Barjah's Nosa. That's how he would identify Hashem. The Bala Chaitim. What's the idea? When he wanted to arouse divine compassion, he used to call Hashem Bala Chaitim, the master of the nose. Why? So that's what the Balatani says, because this midah of Erech Apayim, Marich Af, that Hashem has tremendous infinite tolerance, this is compared to reyach. The power of reyach, of smell, comes from the choytem. It comes from the nose. So Hashem, who is the master of reyach, who is the owner of it, the source of this hamshach, is called Baal HaChoytem, the master of the nose. And this is Erech HaPayim. And this ray is meaning it's infinite, and it comes from a very, very lofty place, which is Hashem's infinity, and it could come down in the lowest place, in the place of finiteness. And that is why it's called Arich Anpin, which means a long face, because its length extends. It's like the smell which tra- which travels. That Torah mitzvahs, which come from Hashem's infinity, dress up the soul. With machshava dibur emais of Torah mitzvahs, so the Torah mitzvahs came down all the way to this world, to the point that I can experience them through thought, through words, through actions. This represents how the Ein Soif is arich; it extends, it smells, it's reach from the bala choytem, from the master of the nose, erech which transcends 
all the limitations of creation, and that's why Hashem's tolerance and forgiveness and love is infinite. That's what Erech means, Hashem Hashem, Kel Rachum V'chanun, Erech literally we say slow to anger. What does it mean slow to anger? Slow to anger means that this is a level where the love is infinite and unconditional and absolute. So therefore, from that place comes the Reach. Even if you can't capture the etzem, but you have the reyach, the smell, that extends all the way down to the lowest place of the human physical environment through the Torah mitzvahs, which are manifested through Machshava Dibra Maisa, which allows the Kaddish, Nakdishach, Kaddish, 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 to come into our world, the purpose of the Jewish people, which is Goy Echad Baaretz. So reyach, the sense of smell, which is obviously rooted in the nose, in the chaitam of a person, represents a revelation from a very high place, from a very deep place. That's why smell, by the way, physically too, has such a powerful power. And aromatherapy is very, very deep. The Gemara says, Koilan neshama tahalal yutke, is referring to reyach. It's neshama nenis mimenu, the soul enjoys it. Spiritually, it represents the kedusha of the Ein Saif. And when that's revealed, it's always only a hispashtus, a ha'ar, it's not the substance, that's why it's called reyach. And this is a ruch, it's very, very long. In other words, it doesn't have limitations. It's not limited to the spiritual world. It can come in all the way down to the physical world. And therefore, the kedusha that comes through the garments of the soul, machshava dibra is called, is called reyach. Why is it called reyach? Because this kedusha comes from the ein soif. So it's not that the etzim comes out, but it's like the smell that comes out. And also, it affects the garments of the soul, the machshava, dibur, maisa, which are the garments of the soul, which is like the reyach, the smell of the soul. Now, the balatanya comes back. There's also, you see, uh, a long uh, a long parenthesis here, a long bracket here, again, by the, by the tzamach tzedek. But we're going to go afterwards. There's going to be now a lot of brackets, footnotes from the Tzamech Tzedek where he explains different things. But we want to get here to the point. So I'm not going to go through the brackets. Those are footnotes of the Tzamech Tzedek. We're going to just stick to the text outside of the brackets. Okay. So you see now there's a bracket that starts Ve'efshe Loimar. And around one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines later, go to Vihine Pchines Halavushim. We explained before, Vavram Zokin Baba Yomim, that the garments of the mitzvahs are called Yomim, days. And Avram Avinu came with all of his days, with all, all of his garments. And we explained, because the days that are given to us in life are measured by the amounts of garments that our soul needs every single day. That's true. Now he adds one more thing. There's another connection. Because the year is divided into 365 days approximately. That is the solar cycle, 365 days. There's also 365 types of hamshachas, of communications, to dress up all the aspects of the soul with godliness. In other words, he says, there's shinsamachei yamim, shem shinsamachei hamshachas. 365 days is not a mistake. It's a random number. That's when the, the, it appears to us that the, the, the sun completes its orbit. 
and it starts a new orbit from our perspective. So therefore you say it's 365 days. Shun Samachei Yomim, there's a reason for it. Because it represents 365 Hamshachas. There's 365 energies to be communicated to the soul. And they also correspond to the 365 Gidim, which are translated as as veins or arteries within the body of the person. The process of the Gidim, of these arteries, of these veins, is that the blood which carries the oxygen and nutrients, should be communicated to all the limbs of the body. And that's the incredible system of veins and arteries, blood vessels, blood vessels, which allows the blood to go and bring chius, life, oxygen, to all of the limbs, literally every single cell in the body. And the Chazal saw this as divided into the number of 365, the reason for this is because spiritually there are 365 channels through which the divine energy, the divine blood, which comes through Torah Mitzvahs, is communicated to all the parts of the soul in thought, speech, and action. That's why there's 600, 365 days which correspond to the 365 Gidim, which bring the blood into all the parts of the body and there's 365 channels through which divinity, the divine blood, the divine life, is communicated to all the parts of the soul, that the soul can be fully dressed up. you got to come with all the days, 365 days, because each one of them is like if somebody is missing a blood vessel, an artery, a vein, and it obstructs the ability for the veins to be channels for the blood. And then the body can't be as fully functional and healthy as it has to be. Shehem is gvuris. Gidim represents gvuris. Gvuris means limitations. Why? Because what's the role of gidim? If the flood, blood floods the body, a person can't live. The gid is a limited, restricted vessel and channel that becomes a conduit for the exact amount of blood that's necessary for each limb of the body to receive exactly what it needs. It's one of the nephloyas, one of the pillars of the body, when you look at the circulatory system, how the blood literally travels, and it literally drops off in every place exactly what it needs. Like the mailman who says, oh, you have a UPS package, you have a FedEx, you need this, and it also picks up everything it has to take. It also takes away the garbage. And it allocates to every single aver, every single limb, exactly what it needs. That's what the dam does when it carries the schius. And therefore, you must have the gvuri, you must have the right channel to be able to contain and limit and filter the chius, the energy that comes through it. This is why gidim are called gvuris. You have in Chazal an expression, dvarim hakoshim kigidim, right? Yisrael. So what do Chazal say? Soimar is soft, and sageid is tough. Dvarim hakoshim kigidim, yeah, like strong, strong sinews. So it's not just the fabric, the material. The concept of a gid is gvura, structured, detailed-oriented. It's very detailed-oriented. Shetzar the connection between Gvuris and Gidim, which means God's energy coming through my speech, words, and action, 
is very, very important here. And here the Alter Rebbe teaches us something very fiery and very vital. And that is, somebody needs gvura. I have to be able to prevail and be strong. That my thought, speech, and action should never be hijacked and abducted by sitra akhira, by unholiness. It's very easy for somebody's thoughts to go haywire, for somebody's words to get lost, for somebody's actions to be abducted. So one needs gvura, one needs a lot of inner strength to prevail, to subdue the unholiness, that all these three dimensions, machshava dibura maisa, should be able to become infused with the right blood of the divine energy. This is called ikafya sitra akhira, to subdue the unholiness. Because if God forbid the blood is toxic, the body can't live. If the blood is poisoned, there's something called blood poisoning chalila. So the blood has to be pure blood, and the channels have to be exact that this blood should be able to give life to the body. The same is true in the spiritual life of the Jew. The 365 days are the 365 mitzvahs lysis, there's 365 negative prohibitions. And there's 365 days of the year, it's all connected. Every day represents another blood vessel, another vein, another sinew, another channel of energy. Every day has its unique energy. It's unique blood vessel that infuses that day. Avram, Zak, and Babayam, and you have to get the Levushim of that day. But you need the Gid, you need the Gvura, the strength not to allow your thoughts, speech, and action to be abducted by unholiness, but that they should be able to be infused by the Levushim of godliness, by Torah Mitzvahs, which is the Ein Saif in your life, which means something very practical. At every moment, I have to make a choice. You have to be able to observe your thoughts, observe your words, and observe your actions. Sometimes my thoughts are being hijacked and abducted, and instead of becoming conduits for Kadosh, 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 my Machshava Dibra Maisa become hijacked by other forces. You we all know it, right? I'm in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, and suddenly my thoughts are literally being abducted. And they're going to places of depression and anger and melancholy and uh, despair and depression and loneliness and envy, it's, which are all normal thoughts, by the way. <laughs> These are all normal human thoughts. But I have to ask myself every moment, are these thoughts vessels for Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish? I'm going to open my mouth. I want to make sure my mouth is a container of Kaddish. I'm going to do something with my hands or with another part of my body. Say something, think something. Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. It's like a checklist. Make sure that these thoughts and words and actions are facilitators of Kaddish, which doesn't mean I should not know about the other thoughts and words and actions. It means the person needs gavura, needs strength to be able to make a choice if he or she, if their thoughts, words and actions are going to become infused with the blood that comes from the divine and each day has its unique blood and vitality that travels that day. Klala de Milsa. Klala de Milsa. Klala de Milsa means, what's the summation of all of this? Again, I know I'm skipping the brackets here because it's a long, it's a long, uh, you see, there's brackets again that go to the last line of the page. And we go to Klala de Milsa. The last line of the page is Klala de Milsa. So he says, Klala de Milsa. 
The ultimate summation here is A person should realize with his thoughts that through his thoughts, his machshava, his thoughts, when they're associated with holiness, he brings down from above a levush for his soul. Levush l'anashama. A person has to realize the power of his machshava. We sometimes uh, don't realize, we don't estimate properly the power of our thoughts. But that's what he says, the power of your thought is through your thoughts, when they are conduits for Kaddish, when they're conduits of Ein Saif, you actually bring down from above, you create a new garment for your soul, that your soul is now dressed up in divine light. And this shouldn't be Almanas Lekabo Pras because I want a prize. In other words, because I want to get something, I want to enjoy something, I want to enjoy the radiance. Even of Elam Habe, he says that's not the purpose. The main thing is, that you want to be part of the truth. You want to be absorbed in oneness. And this should be your will. I don't want to separate from oneness. I don't want to separate from the truth of Hashem's oneness, of Einoid Mulvadeh, I don't want my machshava, my dibur, my maisa, my life, to be excluded and extricated from that oneness. And then you should also contemplate about the opposite. We understand the power of positive and sacred thoughts, what they do for you, how it allows your soul to become completely absorbed in divine, infinite oneness. Now understand the opposite. What happens through machshavas royas? Through toxic thoughts. What do they do? He says, They become obstacles that obstruct and incarcerate the soul. Not like the mistake of the fools. For them, thoughts don't mean anything. They disregard the world of machshava. What's the difference? It's kalbeinayim. It doesn't mean much if they allow their thoughts to go to places of chutz. Chutz means places that are outside the true harmony and the true oneness of life. And they say, what's the big deal? Actions. I understand actions. Thoughts are nothing. What is it? It's inside of you. Balatanya calls it foolish. He says this is foolish. And they even have a Gemara. You know, there's always a Gemara. They have a Gemara in Kiddush and Lamites. Bad thoughts. God doesn't deem them as actions. So what's the big deal? And then they say, certainly, there's a difference between Hirur and Machshava. What's the difference? Machshava are thoughts that you engage in consciously. Hirur are just like, you know, um, instinctive thoughts. Thoughts that just come into you. It's not, they're just floating around, you know, like daydreams. They're just there. They vibrate through your system. Machshava represents 
premeditated. I immerse, I'm thinking about it, I'm contemplating it, I'm developing it in my mind, I'm immersed in it. Hearer are just like, you know, it's streaming live, right? <laughs> it's called live stream, right? The brain is always streaming live with all types of hirur. So he says it's foolish to believe that these are meaningless. The truth is, don't think that the power of thought is only a preparation for speech and action. And therefore, thoughts don't mean much. Who cares? It's not true, he says. Every machshava creates a reality. Thoughts have a lot, a lot of power. Thoughts create reality. Every thought creates a garment for the soul. You dress up your soul in something. Either I could dress up my soul in the truth of harmony, of infinite love and of oneness, or I can dress up my soul in toxicity, in brokenness, and it doesn't allow my soul to be able to experience the true oneness of life. And therefore, by a person, a real person, thoughts that are chutz, they are antithetical to the gestalt of what a person is, of what a Jew is, thoughts that are toxic, thoughts, thoughts that are negative, thoughts that are immoral, Thoughts that take away a person from the oneness of life. You should treat these thoughts like you treat avoiders kechavim idolatry. You know why? Because they take you away from the experience of Hashem's unity. What's the definition of avoiders zara? Idolatry. It takes you away from Hashem's unity. So the Balatanya says you should know that thoughts can do the same thing. And therefore, even though we have all types of streams in our brain and things pop in all day and all night, because that's the nature of a person, so the Balatanya says, but then when you become aware of it, this is where your job comes in. Don't ignore toxic thoughts. Sometimes people think, who cares? I live all day with toxic thoughts. The main thing is I speak nicely and I do nice things. He says, that's a mistake. Machshav is very real. It's very powerful, even though it's not visible in a concrete fashion in the outside world. But it's even visible in, uh, uh, in today with neurology. We know the power of thought. Every thought triggers something very serious in the brain. That's on a physical level. And that comes because mentally, psychologically, spiritually, thoughts create garments. Either it creates, a th- either the thought gives a garment to the soul that allows the soul to become part of Echad. Those are the thoughts connected with Kedusha with godliness, with infinity, with Torah, with mitzvahs. And then there's thoughts that create an opposite lavush. And my soul is now stuck in a garment, and it's literally tied up in it. We spoke before about how you tie up the money. They would put the money in the bag and tie up the money. Your soul is now tied up in thoughts that are enveloping it. And that's why machshavas are so important, the famous expression of the Tzamech Tzedek. When a person has upbeat thoughts, when a person has positive thoughts, it creates a dynamic because the soul is dressed up in those machshavas. Of course, words and actions are not a question. The Chiddush is saying is don't underestimate your machshavas. Now, I'm not in control of every thought that pops into my head. Of course not. We're going to discuss that in a moment. But the moment I become aware of it, now I have to be able to observe it and say, ooh, I'm not going there. I'm not going to allow my soul to go down that place. I don't want it to get now tied up and incarcerated 
in the addictive thoughts. And it's, it's fascinating that Balatanya addresses this because today in therapy work and recovery work and type, all types of emotional healing work, I mean, this is like the Yisoyed HaYisoydis, that, you know, the, thought, the words and the actions are just, you know, the domino effect. They're just symptoms of what's happening inside. But it's always triggered by that thought that either takes you to the abyss or takes you to paradise. Either it takes you to Achdos or it takes you Chutzah. Either it takes you to oneness or it takes you to fragmentation and despair and into the abyss. And you can notice it. And if you can observe it, you can tell yourself, I will not allow my thoughts now literally to take my pure soul and tie it up and put it in prison and confine it and incarcerate it. And now I'm stuck. I'm in pain. And now I have to numb my pain and distract my pain and go to all of the exciting things that we do in life in order to numb our pain. So Balatanya says... Don't just look at machshava as a prerequisite for Dibur and Maisa. That's true. But realize that machshava itself is a levushatum. It's very, very powerful. And it's going to dress up the neshama. One type of thought will dress up the neshama with one type of levush. And another type of thought will dress up the neshama with another type of levush. And it's here the Balatanya now finishes. Finishes. We're going to learn for another few minutes because I want to finish the Maimer. <laughs> He finishes the whole discussion of Moshe and Yeshua, and now it will all come together, Be'ezer Hashem. V'zehu, we are now on page 103, Nun Be'ez, column 1, Nun Be'ez, column 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, 11. V'yiyem imari dechushbana. Nun Be'ez, column 1, or page 103, the line starts, Me'achdusay. A person has to be a master of cheshben, a master of inner evaluation. A person needs to know that every day is measured based on the t- amount of garments that his soul or her soul needs during their life. That's why every person is giving a, given a different amount of days, and that's why every day is so critical and vital. You remember in the first class we spoke about how to approach a new day? I told you the story about Anayatog, a new day. So he says a person needs to be able to be, have a Mara de a person needs to be able to be accountable every single day to know where all of my thoughts went today. Now I know this is a tall order, but it's 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 amazing to see how the Balatanya speaks about this. That a person he says, a person should be able to make a cheshbon to be able to consider every day all of the thoughts and which thoughts passed through my brain on this day. Because a real person is not just accountable for his or her actions; he's also accountable for where he or she allowed their mind to go, even in terms of thoughts. Vizel, this is the Pasuk says, Yomim Yutzru, V'loy Echad Behem. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, Yomim Yutzru, the days were formed, V'loy Echad Behem. What does V'loy Echad Behem mean? Says the Balatan, Yishaomar Adamarish, Acher Shachal Meitzadas, Gol Miro Enecha Pirush, 
Wow. The Balatanya says that this Pasuk is actually being said by other Mauritian. After he eats from the tree of knowledge, he says, Golmi Roe Necha, in the same chapter of Tehillim. What does Golmi Roe Necha mean? Golmi is my Golem. Golem is like the, the corpse, the body of a person. So he says, Golmi Roe Necha. I have seen myself naked. Eremanoichi. I ate from the tree and suddenly Adam and Chava realized that they don't have any garments. They're without Levushim and that's when God gives them garments. He says, after he eats from the tree, suddenly your eyes observe that I'm Goylam, that I'm like a, I'm a naked person. So Adam says, you form days. Every day has a different mission and a different purpose and a unique opportunity and a unique energy. Of course, in addition to all of the commonalities that exist between days. You gave me days. What are days? Days are not just days. Days are experiences. Days are opportunities for awareness, for growth, for transformation, for rebirth. Every day has its unique shlichus, its unique mission. Every day has its unique levushim, the garments with which I can dress up my soul. as we learned, there's 365 days, 365 mitzvahs, 365 arteries or veins or sinews, as they usually say, 365 sinews. However, you have to, it's, it's a little complicated mathematically, biologically, how to make that chajbun. But 365 sinews through which the chius, through which the blood, travels and brings the energy to the body, 365 with 365 unique levushim that my soul needs every single year. Yamim Yutsru, you gave me these days, each day has a levush. But v'loy echad behem, what's v'loy echad behem? I did not manage to bring in the echad into them. It's interesting, in this Pasuk, the Kri is Lamed Vav and the Ksiv is Lamed Aleph. Yamim Yutsru v'loy so when you read it, you read it as Veloy, Vav Lamed Vav. When it's written, it's Vav Lamed Aleph. It's sometimes in Psukim you have the pronunciation and the way it's written is different ways. Here it sounds the same, Loy, Loy, Loy. But Loy with an Aleph means not. Loy with a Vav means yes, Veloy to him. So Yamim Yutsru Veloy Echad Behem, he says, Adam Arishan says, Yamim Yutsru, you form the days Veloy Echad Behem. But I did not manage to bring the echad into those days. I'm naked. So there's physical nakedness and there's psychological or spiritual nakedness. I don't have, when a body is without clothes, it's very, very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. You go outside and it's, you get a cold or you can get scorched by the sun. It's very vulnerable. A soul without garments is also vulnerable. So Yamim Yutsu, you created these days, Veloy Echad but I did not manage to bring the Echad into all of these days. Oh, now let's remember the questions at the beginning of the Maime. What was the question? Question was Moishe Rabbeinu sent the Miraglim on his own. Where did he send them? To the whole Eretz Yisro. 
Yeshua sent the Miraglim by divine commandment. Where did he send them? Only to Yericho. Then they came right back. These are the spies that Yeshua sent to spy for Yericho. Again, I skipped the footnotes of the Tzamach Tzedek. You see, I skipped a few lines. And now we are one, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom on Nun base column one. Five lines from the bottom. Upchines mir isi. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven lines from the bottom. Nun base column one. Vezel upchines miraglim. Vezel upchines miraglim. Shalachay shalaragalas yirichay da'ayin upchines reyach anal. Leragil ulahavchim upchines halavushin shem upchines reyach anal. The spies that Yahushua sent are spies we all have to send. He sent spies to scout Yerichai. Yerichai comes from the word Reach, the smell. What smell do you have? Says the Balatanya. This is the concept of sending spies to examine. A spy's job is Leragel. What's Leragel? Leragel is to examine, to scrutinize, to discover, to research. He sent spies to research, to examine the garments that come from Reach. Remember we spoke about that when my thoughts, words, and actions become facilitators of divinity, that's called the smell of the Rebbeinah Shalaylam. Hashem is called Baal HaChaitim, the master of the nose. The master of the nose, the master of Reach. When the Ein Seif is communicated into my thoughts, words, and actions, that's Kevayachal, the Reach of divinity that comes in. Like the Gemara says, Reach is something that the soul enjoys even more than the body. Spiritually, this is the Reach. So Yeshua sends spies. The Balatanya says you have to make a Cheshben HaNefesh every day. What's this Cheshben HaNefesh? you got to send spies every day. You have to send spies. You're Joshua, you're Yeshua. And you send spies every single day to Yerichai. What's Yerichai? Yerichai is Reach. To sniff out. To examine. Sniff out and snuff. <laughs> to sniff out the snuff and the smell. The Yerichai. We have to check what is the Reach. What is the smell that encompasses. What are the Levushim? Reach is like the Levush. What are the Levushim that encompass the human being? <laughs> There were other spies, the spies that Moshe sent. He sent them all over the land. He wanted, they should examine the essence of your love and the essence of your awe. But this can only happen by Moshe. Because Moshe represents the son, Shehime Chachma, which comes from the quality of Chachma, Kemamarim, as I like the Gemara says, Pnei Moshe Kepnei Chama. The face of Moshe is the face of the son, But this is not something that's practical for every soul. And that's why there was no commandment to Moshe to give this commandment. Hashem told Moshe, I'm not telling you to send your spies. But the spies that Yeshua sent, this every person must and could send these spies to think and to realize and to discover and to ensure 
that his soul is not naked without garments, Shein Machshavas, Torah, Mitzvahs, Kanal, the garments are the thoughts of Torah and Mitzvahs. What is the Balatanya telling us here? The reason Hashem did not instruct Moshe Rabbeinu to send spies is not because Hashem told Moshe, do whatever you want and I don't care, and then Moshe decided to chas v'shalom rebel. No. Moshe's spies is not something that can be a mitzvah for. I can't tell you to do it. Yeshua spies, I can tell you to do. What's the difference? This is very deep, but very briefly. There's two types of ways of living your life. Two levels of self-control. One is Moshe, one is Yeshua. The Gemara says of Basra, the face of Moshe is the face of the sun, the face of Yeshua is the face of the moon. Pnei Moshe kepnei Chama, pnei Yeshua kepnei Levona. You can't compare the sun to the moon. The moon receives its light from the sun. The moon doesn't have its own light. The moon is a reflection of the radiance of the sun. Sometimes you have a person who has the ability not only to control his thoughts and his speeches and his action, but rather even his internal emotions and sensations and experiences, his love and his awe. Moshe Rabbeinu sends the spies to all of Eretz Yisrael, all the seven nations. Why? The seven tribes in the land of Eretz Yisrael represent the seven Midas. Chesed, Gvurit, Eferes, Malchus. Listen carefully. Chesed is love. Gvurit is awe, fear, or strength. Teferis is empathy. Netzach is victory, ambition. Hoid is submission. Yisoy is communicativity, bonding. Malchus is royalty, leadership, confidence. Each one of these seven experiences of the soul can be channeled in an unholy way or in a holy way. Moshe Rabbeinu sends spies to the whole Eretz Yisrael because Moshe, the face of the sun, he defines Avodah Hashem as what? As transforming all of your inner emotions that they should all be a reflection of Echad. Moshe Rabbeinu wants inner transformation. Moshe Rabbeinu wants all your seven midas should be infused with the divine. So where does he send the spies? He doesn't send the spies to Yerichai. He sends the spies to all of Eretz Yisrael. He wants them to go and look at every city. Is it fortified? Is it unfortified? Are there mighty people? Tell me about the fruits. Tell me about the nation. Tell me about the earth. He wants the Miraglim, the spies, to do a real psychoanalysis. <laughs> he wants them to scrutinize. The land here is just a metaphor for you, for the system of a person. He wants the spies to scrutinize the entire living organism of the person. He wants you to go into every part of the brain. I want you to go into every single neuron of the 100 billion neurons. I want you to go into every cell of the 50 trillion cells. I want you to be able to go into each one of the 100 billion nerve cells. Be a miracle. Scrutinize what is happening here. What is happening with your inner emotions, your inner experiences, your inner sensations. Moshe Rabbeinu wants all of those should be echad. They should be part of achtos. Says the Balatanya, this cannot be a mitzvah. Only Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the face of the sun, the source of the sun, what we call Chachma, this Moshe Rabbeinu, he is capable of empowering himself and people who are close to him to create complete transformation where not only your garments, but also your inner life, your inner soul is divine. But the Balatanya says, this is not Shavu Nefesh. This is not something that you could 
apply and command every person. Yehoshua is the face of the moon. He creates a different paradigm in Avodah Hashem. He says, I need my spies to go to Yericha. Not the whole Eretz Yisrael, just Yericha. Yericha is the key. Chazal say Yericha was the key. Man'ula Shalat Yisrael, the key to Yisrael. I need them to examine the Levushim, the garments. A person has two aspects of life. There's your inner life and there is your outer life. There is my body and there's the garments I put on. My body, I can't change. I don't like my nose. I don't say, okay, I'm changing my nose today. It doesn't work that way. I mean, there's painful surgeries you can do, which are also quite questionable, but it's not something you change. My shirt, I don't like my shirt. What do I do? I change it. I don't like my tie. I change it. Tie gets dirty. You put on a new tie. You don't like your suit. You put on a new suit. They're interchangeable. That's the difference of the essence. Your body, you can't change. What am I going to, I don't like my nose. I don't like the color of my eyes. Change the color of your eyes. Fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, today, with, with the, the, the gen- genetic genetic research, we know that we can go into deep places. But this is not the system of life. I don't change my body every morning because I don't like what my nose looks like today, or my forehead, or my cheeks, or my the color of my hair. Levushim, clothes, you change your clothes. They get dirty, you put on new clothes. They smell, you put on new clothes. What's the difference in a person's life? My inner midas, my inner emotions and experiences that I experience in my body, all of those sensations and all of those emotions are not easy to change. You can change them, but it takes a lot of work. There is surgery that's necessary. But, thoughts, words, and actions, those are levushim. What does it mean they're levushim? Not that they're not deep. Actually, they actually define the soul in one way or another. But it's something that I'm always in control of. I can't always get rid of an emotion that's bothering me. Sometimes I have to accept that emotion. But I'm always in control where my thoughts are going to go, where my words are going to go, and where my actions are going to go. That I'm in control of. So I can be triggered by a very deep emotion. And I can be upset about it. And it would be lovely if I can have Moshe Rabbeinu spies to make sure that it's transformed. But that sometimes will result in colossal failure, which is what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu's spies. They completely fell. You know why? Because the expectation of being completely transformed is not necessarily your reality and what you are asked for to do right now. Maybe tomorrow, yes. Maybe next year, yes. But right now, I may have to accept that there is this insecurity inside of me or this jealousy or this trauma or this pain or this difficult experience or emotion, whatever it may be, I may have to accept it. But I don't have to allow it to take over the steering wheel of my life and to control my whole life. My machshava, I can be in control of. My dibur, I can be in control of. My mice, I can be in control of. In other words, when my thoughts are now being kidnapped, by that trigger that we're just triggered, and I'm going into a place of negativity, toxicity, trauma, depression, demoralization, despair. Now I need Yeshua spies. Yeshua spies don't look at the whole Eretz Yisrael. They're not going there. They want the Yerichai. They look at the Yerichai. They look at the Reach, at the smell. What is the smell that's filling up your life? Smell is not the substance. Smell is like a lavush. It's like the outer garment. The smell of something, the smell of pizza, or the smell of chicken, 
or I should say the smell of lilies, or the smell of roses, or the smell of other substances, that is not the substance itself, but it certainly comes, it exudes from the substance. That's like the Ein Soiv being manifested through Machshava Dibra Maisa. Machshava Dibra Maisa are called the Reach of the soul. Why? They're like what cover the soul. They're the smell of the soul. Are they the substance of the soul itself? No. The Midas are the substance. Moshe Rabbeinu spies go everywhere. Yeshua spies go to Yericha. That Hashem gives a mitzvah. On Moshe spies there's no mitzvah. Every person has to see where they're holding an Avodah Hashem. When you touch the face of Moshe, the face of the sun, when the sun shines, you can transform your emotions. When the sun sets, nighttime, now you have Pnei Yeshua, Pnei Levan, now you have the moon. The beautiful glow of the moon doesn't allow you to transform all your emotions, but it allows you to send spies to Yericha to be able to say, notwithstanding what's going on in me, I'm going to choose to live a life of oneness. I'm going to pursue my values. I'm going to live a life that reflects Echad. My thoughts, words, and actions will become conduits for Echad. That's what Yahushua represents when he sends out his spies to Yericha. And that's why he says, Moshe's spies could not be a mitzvah. But the miragum that Yahushua sends, that the soul should not be naked without levushin, the machshava Torah mitzvahs, this is applicable to everybody. So the conquest of all of Eretz Yisrael spiritually represents the complete alignment of the human identity, my love, my fear, all of my midas with oneness, but the perfection of that is one that represents the face of Moshe, and Moshe did want this. Moshe wanted this. But Yerichai represents my caution to be able to make sure that my thoughts and my words and my actions are a reflection of Echad. Right here starts a long parenthesis from the Tzamach Tzedek, from the word Berabos till the end of the Maimer. But we will stop here. This finishes the Maimer of the Alter Rebbe, and then the Tzamach Tzedek gives a long footnote, fascinating discussion about why they're called Meragle Cheresh, quiet spies, as he discusses at length. So this is the point that the Alter Rebbe makes here in the Maimer. Let's see if there's any questions. We'll take one or two questions. I know the hour is quite late. Okay, one never knows if the person he is sending is a spy loyal to him, or maybe it's a double agent, (laughs) a spy for the other side, who will let the opponent, who will tell the opponent what the person who thinks he is loyal to him is doing. Also, there are double agents, those spies we think are loyal to us, who are actually trying to trip us up. Yeah, these are all very true ideas, and you have to make sure that the spies that you're sending are spies who are really loyal to you, meaning it's a very good point you're making, because sometimes our cheshben ha-nefesh itself can be toxic. If it's coming out of guilt and negativity and all types of biases and blind spots. So you're making a good point. You have to make sure that the spies are pure, that the spies actually are, are, are going out for the truth. Beautiful. Okay, you spoke about machshava and hirur. Two types of thoughts. Invited guests and uninvited trespassers. Yeah. 
Very good. There's invited guests and uninvited trespassers, but we always have uninvited trespassers. Who doesn't have it? Who does not have uninvited trespassers? We have it constantly, at least many of us. You know, we're not always in control of what's coming in. And that's the idea. When it pops in, it pops in. That's not my issue. That's Moshe's issue, not Yeshua's issue. Moshe wants a complete transformation so that even the pop-ups, you know when you're working on a document and there's a pop-up, right? (laughs) You're watching a video and there's a pop-up because your filters are not that good, right? I can't always control my pop-up. When it pops up, I can exit. I can exit. Very good, Marshall. I can exit. Or I could go to the link. Ooh. It pops up, it pops up. But who asked you to leave it on your page? And who asked you to pursue it? It pops up, now press X. So Moshe Rabbeinu wants to clean out the inner system. He wants to create such a powerful cleanliness and filter in your system that there's no pop-ups. Because <laughs> if your midas are completely in tune with infinity, so where are the pop-ups coming from? All the pop-ups are divine. But that's unique. There's no mitzvah for it. This is personal avoid, and every person is different, and you need the face of the sun. But Yeshua does, and this is already a mitzvah from Hashem, is that we could send the miraglim, miraglim to Yerichai. Next question. We call Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We say Yisrael Ereisa V'Kotsha Bricha Kul Echad. Torah is also a Bria. Klal Yisrael is a Bria. How does the Levush of Torah help to become one with Hashem if it's also a Nivra? And how does it help? The Kedush of Klal Yisrael and Klal Yisrael is also Echad. So why do you need the Levush? Excellent question. The answer to this is, it's a very deep question you're asking, but generally speaking, Torah is not a Bria. Torah is not a Bria. Mitzvahs are not a Bria. Torah and Mitzvahs are called They remain in the realm of Boire. And it's interesting, you have this in Halacha. In Halacha, in Brachas Davchavbeis, the Gemara talks about a Balkari, somebody who emits sim, semen and he becomes Tomah. He's Makabal Tomah. He has to go to the Mikveh. He was not allowed to go into the base of Mikdash. He was not allowed to eat holy food until he went to the Mikveh. And there was sunset. Harif Shemesh. This is called Tumas Keri. In fact, Ezra and his Bezdin were Masakin, that a person should not be allowed to, to Davin and say Hashem's name if he's a Balkari until he goes to the Mikveh or has Tisha Kaban, although later they nullified it because it was very difficult for most people. So the Gemara brings there that uh, Rabbi Huda says that Divrei Torah Einan Mekaplan that a person could be a Balkari and he could say words of Torah because Torah can become Tameh. Haloi koi dvarai ka'esh no'om Hashem. Ma'esh ena makabal tumah of Torah makabalas tumah. Torah is like fire. He says fire can't become impure. Torah can't become impure. And the idea here is that Torah is divine. Torah is divine wisdom. Now, the Torah can become impure inside of me. The Gemara says in Meseches Tainis or Yuma that Torah could be samamavas. It could become poison inside of me. Meaning I can distort it and use it, manipulate it in a wrong way. But Torah itself is not Nivra. Torah itself is Boire. And that's why the Neshama through Torah becomes one with Echad. The Neshama, on the other hand, is also Boire. But the Neshama becomes Nivra. The combination of Neshama and Torah is magical. Next question. You use the word subsumed. Subsumed is what you meant, you wanted to say in order to explain the Hikalol Be'echad. It brings out the fact 
that we search for a word in English for this concept of going from finite to being absorbed or included in the infinite. The concept seems a bit beyond the ability of words to describe. Beautifully said. Subsumed, included, unified, connected, integrated, melting away. Those are all part of the problem you're saying, Rabbi Aaron, because the words themselves are all about finiteness. That's what words are. And here we're talking about going to a place beyond words. So therefore, you're suggesting that next time when we come to the words, I should say, there's no translation for this, just experience it. Okay, I like that. Next question. If mitzvahs of thought, speech, and action are equally kaidish, then there are no gradations. That was the whole major point of the Maimer, that Ein Saif is equally infinitely above Ruchnius, like it is of Gashmius, and therefore it could connect to both, and in an equal way. Kadesh, Kadesh, Kadesh. Does the Tanya say something about Torah and Chumash, that it's in a different category from Gashmius and Ruchnius in a certain sense? I don't know what you're referring to, but in Tanya chapter 4, he discusses some of the themes that in this Maimer he elaborates upon. Maybe you're referring to, uh, you're referring to that. Okay, let me take one more question, if there is. Let me just look. I was looking at the yeshiva.net, but let me see if in chat there's any other questions. Okay, one more. The tzitzis that is discussed at the end of the parsha is a levush that reminds us of loisosuru achere levavchem, in control of our thoughts at every moment, yes, and that's probably the connection between the Parsha and Tzitzis, the Meraglim and Tzitzis, because at the end of the Parsha, the Rebbeinu Shalalim says, you have to at least be in control of your thoughts and your words and actions. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to uh, elevate the Jewish people in the world to the place of infinity, where there's complete transformation. And indeed, one day, Moshe will come into Eretz Yisrael, right? The face of the sun will meet the face of the moon. And when the face of the sun meets the face of the moon... The moon is eclipsed. You know what Darizal writes? Darizal says something incredible. Why did Moshe not go into Eretz Yisrael? Because Moshe is the face of the sun and Yeshua is the face of the moon. That's what the Gemara says in Baba Basra, page 14. Baba Basra, Dafya Dalit. So Darizal says, it's something very moving. He says, what would happen in the middle of the night if the sun, if you know, you're sitting with the campers at a bonfire, or in the dark, and you're looking at a beautiful moon. You know those nights, the full moon is glowing, and it casts its its glow and its radiance and its uh, emotional, uh, sensual feelings, and you're sitting and writing your poetry or singing a song, stringing your violin or your guitar. It's a beautiful, beautiful night, inspired by moonlight. And suddenly, by Yivoyker, suddenly... The sun appears. What would happen? (laughs) The moon would completely be eclipsed. The moon is sometimes here by day. It's not like the moon is not here. You could sometimes even see it. But you don't see it. You don't appreciate it because it's eclipsed by the intense power of the light of the sun. Because the sun is the source and the moon is the recipient. So the Arizal says, Yeshua could not come, Moshe could not come into Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael is the face of the moon and Yeshua is the face of the, and Moshe is the face of the sun and Moshe didn't want to embarrass Eretz Yisrael 
If Moshe would come into Eretz Yisrael, he would embarrass Eretz Yisrael because the sun would embarrass the moon. So Moshe has to stay out of Eretz Yisrael so that Eretz Yisrael should be able to retain its glory. When when the moon rises and becomes equal to the sun, then Moshe Rabbeinu can go into Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> then Moshe. But till then Moshe Rabbeinu can go into Eretz Yisrael. And the truth is that in every generation you have this concept of Pnei Moshe. The concept of the face of Moshe, the face of the sun, who can transform not only the garments, but also the inside, this is something that relates to every single generation. Because he says before, he says, Moshe is mechachma, razal pnei Moshe kepnei chama, yeah? The Moshe Rabbeinu of every generation is capable of this transformation. Not only that, in every Jew there's a Moshe. Famous explanation in Gemara Brachas, in Tanya chapter 42, in every Jew there's a Moshe. So in that Moshe, every Jew, one can actually send spies to all of your middas. There comes a time in history when Moshe could come into Eretz Yisrael, when Moshe and Yeshua become completely one, when we are capable of complete transformation. But you have to know when and where, and sometimes in each person's life you're capable of somewhat of that transformation. But as a general rule and as a general principle, don't get frustrated if there is still toxicity inside of you, we don't mind if there is toxicity. God does not command you to get rid of toxicity. All we want is awareness of the toxicity. When you become aware of the toxicity, you don't have to allow it to hijack and abduct your thoughts and your speech and your action. In other words, we don't need perfection. What we need is awareness and accountability. You should be able to accept and you should be able to choose. That's what we need more than anything else. You should be able to accept, and you should be able to choose. Let me see if there's any more questions. Okay, my dear friends, my love and blessings to all of you. Have a beautiful Shabbos, a meaningful Shabbos, an inspiring Shabbos, an elevated Shabbos. Shabbos Mavarchim Chodesh Tamos. To be a lichtige Shabbos, a freilich Shabbos, a healthy Shabbos. My love and blessings to all of you and your families. God willing, we will resume the shear Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. You could come right here to theyeshiva.net or to our Zoom uh, channel, and we will, Be'ezer Hashem, resume our learning. Have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos. This class is brought to you by theyeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.